It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Two well-known New York names, Cuomo and Giuliani, a legacy of both families, different parties, and now stepping into the political ring, the son of Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, Andrew announcing his run for governor yesterday from Battery Park, the backdrop again of the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, and New York Harbor. Andrew joins me now. Andrew, uh, something that uh, did not expect. I know you've thought about it for a long time, but uh, here you are. You're in. Why are you running against Andrew Cuomo? All right, it seems that we have a little bit of a technical disconnect here. You got to love that during oh, COVID. I, I ah, you. there we I go. Apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I went to a bad service area. I'm in a much better service area. I want to, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, I'll get right into the answer there. Um, you know, that area has so much significance to me. Um, I had my ceremony where I got married right there, and the reason why I did was because Rodolfo Giuliani, my great-grandfather, in 1899, for the first time he stepped foot in the United States of America was in Battery Park before Ellis Island was an immigration center. He believed what so many Americans and so many citizens of the world believed before, which is the fact that New York is the land of opportunity. New York connects the world to the rest of the United States of America. Unfortunately, our leadership over the last 10 years has done everything to relinquish that, that dream and to pour water on the beautiful beacon that that lady in the harbor holds high above her head. What I could tell you in a Governor Giuliani, we're going to light that beacon, we're going to light the economic furnace, and we're going to make sure that New York is, again, the center of commerce, not just in the United States of America, but in the entire world. Let's put COVID aside for the moment, Andrew, and look at the leadership in the state of New York. Uh, the previous Republican governor, you would be the next, the third, I believe, in its modern history, was uh, Governor George Pataki, followed by failures in Albany that are not just in the governor's office, but in the governance and the laws being passed. Under Governor Cuomo, we've seen changes uh, related to the Second Amendment, various other issues, before we even got to COVID. So Cuomo before COVID, how would you assess his governorship and what are some of the policies that you're taking on? I mean, before COVID, a a D minus maybe, you know, I think, you know, the one thing before COVID, before he was, uh, before these scandals and before he got completely owned by uh, the UFT and uh, and basically the supermajorities in the legislature, he at least claimed to be an advocate for school choice. He said that, you know, I remember him saying a couple of years ago, uh, taxes, 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 we're just going to chase jobs out of there. So, you know, I would say of, of all of the, you know, liberals out there, he was not the furthest left of them and probably was not good, but certainly not the worst. Um, however, the numbers show that Andrew Cuomo has chased New York jobs out of state, down to Florida for the most part, Texas, Tennessee. Here's, here's one statistic that I think is really telling. New York and Illinois are going to be the only two states from the 2010 to 2020 census that's going to lose population. I'm not just talking about congressional seats. We all know California is going to lose congressional seats. There are a few other blue-run states that are going to lose congressional seats. 
New York is actually going to lose population for the first time in over a century. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about its leadership, David, and the fact that there are just not the opportunities in New York, people do not feel safe in New York. They do not like their educational choices in New York. Then you're just not looking at the numbers. You know, I'm a New Yorker at heart, as you know, Andrew. I love New York City, grew up across the river, spent my life still we're headquartered in New York City. But I'm in Florida now, and your point about the states that have lost and the states that have gained because of tax policy and other issues, uh, COVID added to that. In comes Governor Cuomo, $5 million book deal about leadership during COVID, press conferences, and now the allegations. Let's focus on his decisions, however, and we'll put the allegations aside. Decisions that Governor Cuomo made that no common sense person would make to put Mm -hmm. sick people back into nursing homes, the deaths of thousands, my friend and colleague Janice Dean, among many others, but she has been a leading voice on this. Uh, Cuomo has failed New York in decisions in the last year, year and a few months. And what do you have to say to the New Yorkers out there who are considering voting for Cuomo again because he's certainly planning to run? Look, if you want to vote for somebody who is uh, self-serving and allows his ego to get in the way of policy decisions, then Andrew Cuomo is probably your guy. Um, Because if you look at the last 14 months, Look at the last 10 years. But certainly, as you said, David, this has been accentuated over the last 14 months. Let's take the nursing home executive order that he signed over a year ago in March of 2020. He signed that executive order because he did not want to give Donald Trump a political win. If your viewers remember, if your listeners remember, the USS Comfort was coming up the Hudson River. There were beds in the Javits Center that the city provided. And Andrew Cuomo wanted to make sure that no other politician got a political win but him. That is his ego that killed 9,000 of those senior citizens that died. Um, You know, again, that is uh, that just shows that he is putting himself continually along with now this five million dollar book deal. You know, David, I didn't realize it sold that many copies. Must have been a really expensive book. Maybe, maybe that's why you and I didn't get a copy. I actually can't speak for you, but I certainly didn't get sent a copy. Let's talk about financial. Uh, COVID, again, big effect on the state population. I've lost count, Andrew. Last time I looked, close to 300,000 New Yorkers had left permanently in a growing number, now a split state yeah. even. That's that's economy leaving the state. Uh, many of them yeah. pensioners who get paid their pensions by corporations or the state or, for example, NYPD or NYFD, other agencies, and they spend their money in Florida, in Arizona, in other states, in yeah. Georgia, Carolina, wherever. Right now, if you look at New York's issues, state debt, billions and billions of dollars, and... There needs to be a fix to this because taxing it from the rich is not going to work. Wall Street can't pay down the debt if they took everything from them. What needs to happen in New York from a financial perspective? Well, I think there are two real-world examples in terms of two very drastically different ways that New York State can go. We can look at Illinois, and I think New York is very 
very much on track with Illinois in terms of that debt that you talked about. And as I said, Illinois is also losing population rapidly. It's because they continue to raise taxes on taxpayers and businesses, um, you know, continue to get overregulated and just get taxed and taxed and taxed. It doesn't make fiscal sense for businesses to set up shop or continue to grow there when it's more reasonably, more business friendly in other states, in other southern sunbelt states. Um, or, or we could take the approach of New York City in the 1990s and 2000s, which was to cut down the budget to make sure that our revenues outgrew our debts. And guess what? Then you could start growing the size of your budget when you have it under control and your revenues that you bring in outweigh your debts, and you're able to do that. Um, but you're absolutely right, David. You know, the more taxes at this point gets raised, and New York now will be the highest tax state in the country until California ups us. There seems to be a competition here. The more taxes continues to get raised, it actually creates an inverse effect. It reduces the tax base and how much, how much gross money New York actually takes in. So what New York needs now more than ever is a tax cut so that way we can increase the amount of revenue that we are bringing in, and we need to make sure that we deregulate some of these policies that have crushed not just small businesses, but big businesses from creating jobs and allowing New Yorkers to create careers in New York instead of your, your, you know, your wonderful, uh, wonderfully where you are in Florida right now, you know? You know, there's another issue on the table. It doesn't get a lot of media attention, Andrew, but I know you, and as a matter of fact, I think you and I have had this discussion privately. Mm -hmm. The failures in New York combined with COVID in commercial and residential real estate for the builders, the owners of these buildings, whether you're in Midtown New York or downtown Buffalo, commercial real estate uh, did not get much of a break. Matter of fact, minus tenants, they now have taxes that are due to the state and billions of dollars are due that in many ways will not be paid, whether it's forbearance or otherwise. That's a big economic effect. It's a big drain on the city of New York. And you talk about businesses that can leave building that may not continue, but what exists right now is in danger. If you look yeah. at New York from outside, I think a lot of people think there's New York City and New York State, but the governor and the city of New York are not separate. That's an anchor financially. When you look at these losses, when you look at this, how was governor, would you work to reverse that relationship and fix some of these problems? Because these are business owners that I talk to, builders that I talk to. Yeah. Uh, who say, look, well, you know, I, this is not going to happen. There's no revenue. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that I'm doing right now as we are assembling our team is uh, I am just talking every single day with the business leaders all across New York State, re real estate leaders all across New York State, and they, they are going to be joining my team, my policy team. The one thing that I learned in the White House in working for President Trump in the Office of Public Liaison. I'll never forget this. The first month he called me into the Oval Office and we were talking for a little bit and he said, you're in charge of dealing with the private sector, right? And I said, yes. He said, okay. Those government bureaucrats that have been working, you know, across the street for 30 years, take their papers, put them to the side. I want you to talk to the business leaders all across the country and that's how we're going to develop our public policy. 
I want people that are signing the front of the checks and not the back of the checks. That's what I'm going to do as governor of New York. And now, look, commercial real estate is going to be our, one of our biggest questions. As you've said, you can't move those assets anywhere else. Um, so we need, as a government, to make sure that we are figuring out solutions to allow these developers to continue to build here as they have in New York's history. Since the Dutch West Indies Company, New York has continually been evolving and building and building and building and building. That can't stop in 2021. We need to make sure that we figure out creative ways to make sure that we can fill these spaces that have been left vacant over the last 14 months. I think we can do it. You know, New York truly has this intangible draw. I think we could do it, but we need to make sure that we're having the right public policy coming out of Albany. And as you mentioned, too, out of City Hall would help a little bit, too. Yeah, and that's going to be a difficult road for, you know, the governor's office. There's even a fight right now between two governors from the same party, Cuomo, rather not two governors, but the governor and the mayor between Cuomo and de Blasio. Mm -hmm. That's a relationship that matters to the rest of the state. 18 months, that's a that's a little bit of time and a long time in politics, Andrew. Uh, we, I suspect you're going to be going through a number of cell phone areas and walking a lot of shoe leather. But, you know, it's a big state with multiple media markets. And in the past, Republicans have been successful because they've gone uh, out of the city into Orange County, up into the rural areas. You look at what's around Buffalo, Ithaca, areas that have been hit hard by this, you know, by the decisions that affect their economies. How do you cover all of that in 18 months effectively? Well, look, there are 62 counties in New York, and you're right, New York is an incredibly diverse state. You know, a lot of people think of New York City, and obviously those canyons as you're walking down and the, and the skyscrapers, as we just discussed. But there are some tremendous, tremendous. New York is the third largest agricultural producer in the country. A lot of people don't know that, right? Obviously, we know Buffalo and, and Erie and how very different a city Buffalo is from New York City. We basically, our campaign headquarters is going to be our, our GMC Yukon over the next 18 months. We're going to burn a lot of rubber and we are going to meet as many New Yorkers as we possibly can. And these aren't just going to be red New Yorkers. I want to meet blue New Yorkers, too. We need problem solvers from across the aisle to make sure we get these issues done. The truth is, our main three pillars, as I was saying before, David, when it comes to economic development and lighting the furnace that is New York's economy, when it comes to school choice, and certainly when it comes to reducing crime to a place where it was 10, 15 years ago and, and stopping these you know, crime spikes um, all across the state, those policies aren't red or blue policies. As a matter of fact, those policies benefit many of the areas that traditionally vote Democrat. I think it's important for a young face to build a coalition to be able to go into these areas and have these discussions. They might not be the most comfortable at first, but I think they're going to be the most rewarding. And I think it's going to be the key that's going to turn New York from a blue state back to a red state and is going to make it the economic center of the world again. Andrew Giuliani running for governor in the state of New York against the current governor, Governor Cuomo. The <coughs> website ny4giuliani.com, ny4giuliani.com. Andrew, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot uh, on air as well over the next 18 months. 
Good luck to you, and uh, get some good shoes. You'll be wearing them out. <laughs> David, thank you very much. I look forward to having a cigar as soon as we can, and, and uh, keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you. Andrew Giuliani, again, the website, ny4giuliani.com. Story broke in the Wall Street Journal about President Trump's next social media platform. Could it be Cloud Hub? The founder of Cloud Hub, Jeff Brain, next. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.